This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to another episode of All Things Considered CX. I'm your host, Bob Asman, the founder of Innovative CX Solutions, a past chairperson of the CXPA, and a practitioner with many years of transforming global operations and designing better customer experiences. Together with our guests and listeners, we seek to discuss, challenge, and create new understanding about how to inspire better experiences in response to ever-changing customer expectations. Hello, and welcome to the next episode of All Things Considered CX. This is Bob Asman, and I'm your host for today's episode. And I'm joined today by my colleague and friend, Greg Tucker. We're going to talk about the business value of customer experience, which seems to be a really hot topic right now among CX professionals. So welcome, Greg, and take a moment or two to introduce yourself to our listening audience. Hey, thanks, Bob. Uh, I got into the customer experience game after a number of years of doing strategic management consulting. I always felt like there's something powerful about creating these moments, you know, moments that matter and, uh, and, and using it as part of business strategy. So I, I've got my MBA at Stanford. I've worked for a bunch of, a bunch of different companies. I've worked for a variety of tech companies. But a couple of my, you know, my uh, clients, you know, hired me at AAA and at Copart. And uh, I got to lead the CX uh, efforts there. And I got to really see the power of that customer experience. And so that's kind of my passion and, and kind of where we're in focus on, uh, on you know, improving, improving things and kind of showing the business value, which I think is a little bit underappreciated. But that, that's how I got into the, into the game and, and having a blast doing it, Bob. <laughs> I can tell you do, Greg, have a blast doing it. And, and I love Greg's background and Greg's approach uh, to this whole concept of uh, the impact of customer experience and what it can have on your organization. And so that's why I was excited when Greg decided uh, to join us for this podcast. So, so let's kick this off, Greg, with, with a pretty, maybe you'd view as a basic question, but which I hear all the time from CX professionals and practitioners working in organization is, how do I prove the value of CX? What I'm asking for money or resources of the leadership and executive teams at my organizations. They always ask me to prove the value. What's the ROI? How do I get my return on my investment in CX? What's your take on this, Greg, and what's your approach? Well, first of all, I I believe that customer experience transformation can have, should have, and does have the biggest impact um, on a company's performance. Without, without question. Apple Computer and Amazon have, have shown us the power of that. But for a CX professional who's leading it, okay, they, you know, they're, they're doing their work and you know, they need to go into the C-suite and make the business case. It's not about being right or wrong or selling people that CX is a good thing. It's, t- it's time for the business case uh, because they're competing with, with their, their colleagues for corporate money. And the others have big, thick business cases at SAP or Oracle or Microsoft or Google that actually help, help them put together. You can't, you know, and you know, I see a lot of CX 
professionals walk in and go, well, it's just the right thing to do. Well, the right thing to do will get you $100,000, but you know, a, business, a strong business case will get you, a, you know, a $10 million. And that's, that's what companies need to do. So I think it's, you know, it, it deserves its center spot in the C-suite. And I think anything less than that isn't doing justice to the employees, to the company, to the shareholders, to the customers. And so I just believe that. And I've seen, been in, you know, you know, 100 boardrooms and 100 C-suites, you know, making the pitch on a variety of different things. And when I see the, the, the challenge that, uh, uh, that CX has, it just doesn't have the, the same uh, amount of discipline, financial rigor applied to it that supply chain, um, process improvement, uh, you know, different, you know, different uh, CRM activities have applied to them. And so I think it, it, it deserves it. And I think uh, it, it has a more powerful impact than any of those other approaches. So I've seen them all. And the reason I've, I've kind of committed myself to it is I just think it's the best, best thing out there. Mm -hmm. And so Greg, great comments uh, about what you've seen. Are there particular approaches or techniques that you've seen that you, you thought really nailed it in terms of moving it off of, you know, it's just the right thing to do to, to really solidify uh, the investment and the, and the case to be made for CX? Yeah, so let, let's talk about a couple of things that haven't worked terribly well. And mm -hmm. we talked about the first, the first one, which is, well, we shouldn't have to prove it, it's the right thing to do. And, you know, like, and the answer is, it is the right thing to do. And you still have to prove it if you want to get the amount of money that you're going to need to get. So I think that to, to say that is just being naive in the C-suite. Okay, so let's just step it up. The second challenge is that people kind of correlate it. So you can look at Forrester puts out a report that says, hey, look, companies who do really great at customer experience um, have, you know, have, have higher growth. And the answer is that's a correlation. Okay, uh, you know, it, it could come from a million places and it kind of gets picked apart by people going, well, they hire better people, they're in a different space, they, you know, they're growing because they're in new geographies. Correlation, in my experience, is helpful, but it doesn't work enough to secure the investment. So you've really got to get causation. You got you to move to that causation. So one of the things we've, you know, we've uh, seen very effective is just to compare uh, inside of a company, your the, the, the economics of your loyal customers versus the economics of your non-loyal customers. So if you measure on uh, net promoter score and you compare, uh, you know, when we have a promoter who receives the, the, the on-brand experience we're after and they're really loyal to us, we typically find that they are, as compared to a, as somebody who's a detractor, uh, who gave a lower score in NPS, we see that their uh, uh, customer life cycle value is 2x, that they're staying about you know, 30, 40% longer, that their positive word of mouth is really strong, which actually helps out in uh, you know, marketing effectiveness, and that they're a lower cost to serve. So the, you know, we, we think that those four levers, and those aren't just casual mentions, it's like it's better, we actually have specific metrics, which is it's, you know, 
2.0 times more life cycle value, 30% higher retention um, after one, two years, three years, or four years, that it's 40% less cost, you know, cost to serve. And those are the numbers that kind of stick in people's minds as, oh, we need to create loyalty and therefore, uh, and we can see the, uh, the economics. And those, those, would, those assumptions can power it. So just a, an internal comparison. The external comparisons, you know, uh, people, people typically pick apart because, er, you know, everything's different. But when you compare your own customers, we've seen that work really, really well uh, between those who are getting a great experience and those who are not, you know, not receiving the experience on, on a consistent basis. Greg, that's a great explanation of what you've seen that works. One of the comments I've heard on a frequent basis is that although you've outlined the correlations and um, improvements that can be seen, that other functions might take credit for it. So marketing might say, well, we contributed to retention or we, we um we're able to fend off a loss of customer ratio and so forth. So it almost becomes competing functions uh, trying to take credit for the same improvements. What have you seen in that area and how would you address that? Yeah, so, um, well, first of all, success is a thousand fathers and failure, <laughs> failure is an orphan. Uh, so, you know, put it this way, if uh, what I've seen, uh, you know, and, and I had to lead this function for two, two different companies. So when somebody said, hey, look, we got, you know, we got five people taking credit for something. Uh, all I say is fantastic. Okay. We're all on, on the winning team. And by the way, it takes all of us to make a great customer experience. It's not the CXO who's making it because unless everyone in the company reports to see, you know, the uh, customer experience officer, then, you know, er, er, there's a lot of other people chipping in. It's in support. It's in marketing. It's in sales. It's in you know, technology, it's in billing, you know, it's in the frontline sales staff, it's in, it's all across the company. So I always think that the customer experience officer is kind of like the architect, okay, which is I'm architecting a customer journey, a customer experience, a, you know, a touch point experiences and moments that matter uh, and monitoring, you know, where do we need to improve things, what's working and, and all that. And they're overseeing everything. And they're like, maybe they're the conductor of the orchestra. Maybe they're the architect uh, asking different subcontractors to do certain things, but everybody's on the team. And so when, when people say, well, I did that, the answer is give credit around because when it's, you know, when it's only your idea, then you know, it'll never go anywhere. When it's the organization, when everyone's getting credit, then everyone's pitching in and rowing the boat in the same direction. So I, you know, I used to kind of congratulate uh, the, the, the different functions who are, who are uh, doing it. And I shine spotlights on them as, you know, we're making these big achievements in loyalty because Bob did, uh, Bob over in support did this fantastic job. And all of these things together add up to our loyalty, which is, it's all the God's honest truth. And, you know, but, you know, like, what I really want is I want everyone rowing that same, same direction. Because it, it takes it. Yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't do it. Um, I think if you look at the blogs out there around customer experience, 50% of them are all about organizational silos and the fragmentation of the customer experience. And that's exactly what stands in the way for every company of delivering things. 
So somebody's got to pull that together. And I believe that to be the, the senior customer experience leader inside an organization, but everyone's got to pull, pull together in the same direction. Mm-hmm. That's a great uh, framework that you've described. And you mentioned the, you know, the chief experience officer or the, the person singularly responsible for customer experience, uh, guiding it, conducting it, as you put it. Do you think that's an imperative? Can, can organizations get by without that? Uh, what, what's your experience in that area in trying to lead this kind of transformational change? I don't, I don't see how a company can do it on a sustainable basis without somebody who's the, who's the, uh, who's the architect of it. And here, here's why. Let's assume you, you just tell uh, support marketing sales. You know, let's just make it th- that, that easy. That, hey, why don't you guys figure it out and, uh, and just do the right thing. Okay, why don't, why don't you all just work together and do it? They're all competing with different things. They all have different metrics. And so it's, it, it just, you know, somebody's got to hold the vision. Now, maybe, it, maybe you get the three, you know, the three heads of that group to actually, you know, d- develop a joint vision and say, this is the vision we're going to implement. Okay, now the question is, that's fantastic. Okay, who is going to be the, the, uh, still the conductor of, of that one to say, we're going to execute all the improvements that are necessary. And we're gonna monitor those improvements. And typically they're just busy with functional activities because their metrics are functional. Okay, support is being measured on first call resolution or average hold time or cost per call. And they're, you know, they're trying to optimize it, not what's the best outcome for the, for the customer. So I think it's, it, it's hard, okay? Is it's not impossible, okay? But it's hard to do, and I, frankly, I haven't seen it, okay, very, very often. Those are those are great insights, Greg. Is there um, for for a new CX professional? And what I mean by new is maybe they've been thrown into the job. Uh, you know, we're seeing a lot of different backgrounds uh, in terms of CX mm-hmm. professionals these days. And, and, you know, a lot of times the first thing that a CEO might say is we need to do something with our customer experience. They might put a high potential person in the role and say they did really good leading this project. They can do this project. Uh, you know, where does a CX and and the next request usually is how much money do you need and how can we how fast can we do this? What are some tips you'd give for a professional that's thrown into the deep end of the pool and, and having to prove this value of CX that we've been talking about? Yeah, so I, I, I think you, part of it is knowing your audience, okay, is that you need to talk to each person, you know, inside the company at the, the different departments and different levels uh, with a slightly different uh, vernacular. So you're going to talk to the CFO different than you're talking to the CIO or CTO uh, versus the chief marketing officer. Uh, so you, you kind of need to be able to parse that. And frankly, there aren't many people who, you know, who have to do that. People typically, a lot of the conversations, until you get to the C-suite, they're departmental conversations and they have their own terminology, okay? Customer experience and, and process improvement are two, two functions out there that I actually always work cross-functionally and actually have to, you know, have to uh, be, be able to, to do that. I always ground it in, the, you know, what's the, you know, I hate to say it this way, and what the customer's experience is. And I'd say ground yourself in 
here's what the customer is experiencing in an object, objective, uh, just, you know, here, just the facts, ma'am. Uh, here's what the customer is experiencing all, all, all along the way, okay? Not good or bad, it's just, that's what it is. And ground yourself with facts. And then just say, look, here's what they want to experience. And when we do this well, okay, then, you know, then they're happier. And oh, by the way, here's what's better about our business. And just be able to tell the story. If you can tell that story, then you're going to be amazingly effective because a huge amount of, of that CX professional's job is change management. And the change management needs to be ground somebody in facts, tell them why it needs to change, okay, and tell them what's in it for them. If you don't know that, then you're just telling the story, but it's, it doesn't have anything to stick with. Okay, so if I tell you, like, hey, you know, here's what we want to have, I need to conclude it with here's what's in it for you, Bob, head of supply chain or technology or something else but you've got to you know got to make that stick because when you do then everyone's pulling you know everyone's on your team you're just telling a story without making you know without finishing it with what's in it for them then then uh, then you're you're not they're not on your team yet okay mm. you're telling a good story but they're not pulling you uh, you know your your effort along and to me, that's uh, that's the, uh, the big uh, big thing to do. So there's always something in there. Uh, and if you're if you're puzzled about it, start at a lower level where it's lower risk. So talk to you know talk to a buddy over in support. It's like, hey, I can't understand why people aren't doing this. You know, if 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 this experience improved, how would it help you guys? And let them help solve the problem for you, and then use use their terms, and and do it. But there is, there's no question it's better for every department and the entire company and all the employees. There's, there's really no question about that. The question, you know, the, the challenge is how do, you, how do you define it? How do you tell the story? How do you communicate it? And how do you make, you know, uh, to tell them what's in it for them? And it's going to be different at every level. It's going to be different for every function. That's the hard part of change management, but it, it can be done. That, that's that's excellent advice, Greg. Uh, Earlier, you talked about a series of uh, metrics that you can use to help prove the business case. Oftentimes, organizations, companies, leaders will talk about um, one measurement, and so NPS is frequently utilized. What's your opinion, observations on? single metric, multiple metrics, where, where are your thoughts on that in terms of the business value? So, NP, so an example, in, in customer experience, a lot of people tend to go either towards customer satisfaction or NPS. They go, well, I really want one measure. And the answer is, well, you know, I'd like my life to be really simple and easy, but <laughs> it's, it's not. I still have to work and, you know, it, it's hard. Um, it, but, you know, so, I, I just tell people, look, that'd be nice, but let, let's, you know, it, it's not that easy. So they put out an NPS. And then the question is, is it's, you know, our NPS is 30. And then they go, well, you know, let's make it better. And the answer is, well, what's better and how much better? And then they get into managing the number. And all I'd say is, look, we're delivering an experience. And the experience, when, when it's played out, results in a customer loyalty measurement of 30, okay? You don't change the net promoter score. 
Okay, you change the experience you're delivering, and that experience, you know, is then is then assessed by your customers better when you do something else. So let let's do that. And so I, you know, I'd say, look, when we, you know, it, it, it's actually relatively easy to to move people off that, but you've got to tell the story and kind of get out of the numbers trap that people really want, you know, want to do. I think a lot of it, Bob, is that. CX is a new, um, it's a new, new approach. There's not a single chief marketing officer who learned it in business school. Okay, it's well, well, NPS has been around for you know 15, you know 15 years or so. Um, there's not a lot of people who have a terrible amount of experience in the C-suite. On CFOs don't study it, CIOs don't study it, CEOs probably came from finance or operations or sales or marketing, but they didn't. They didn't come out of a CX function. So everyone's try, trying to, you know, KPI uh, customer experience. And you can break it down into other, uh, other factors. But let's just define, here's the experience we want to deliver, okay? And then we can measure that with, you know, so it, here's an example. We did, a, we did some work, redefined what the, you know, measured what the customer experience was for a fast, casual restaurant chain, okay? okay. And... It, and it's, it's really their net promoter score is plus 25. But what we're really after is there were four key indicators that drove, you know, their loyalty. Now, this is not going to be a big surprise, but what they wanted was they wanted, you know, um, health, healthy, tasty food. And that's an interesting balance there inside of fast, casual food. They wanted friendly service, a clean restaurant, which even got more important with COVID. And then the, the last piece is they wanted their order right, okay? And we, they wanted the right items in there and they wanted them prepared uh, as, as, uh, as spec. So if I don't, I don't like onions on mine. And so when I order it, I expect that there won't be onions on mine, okay? And if you, if you order something with fries and you, get, and you go through the drive-thru and you get home, there are no fries, you're steaming mad. But it's just those four things. But they were only delivering those four things on spec to about 25% of their customers, okay? And, and when they did, their net promoter score was plus 70, and those customers you know, were spending twice as much uh, on, a, on a life cycle, uh, on an annual basis, and about four times as much on a life cycle basis. They stayed longer, they were, you know, they were giving positive referrals, they're much easier to deal with, and they were their loyal customers. But then there's 20, you know, 20, 25% of their customers who were getting none of those. The food wasn't, you know, wasn't uh, prepared accurately. Um, dirty cafe, you know, they, they were 0 for 4 on the four big things. And those, those folks were, you know, walking out the door never spending anything. They spent all this money, advertising money to get them in. So it's not that hard to figure this out. And then it's also, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's simple, but not easy to actually execute on the, on the target customer experience. But their ROI for their improvement program was like hundreds of percents. I mean, like minting money. Uh, they just needed to get after it instead of doing a bunch of functional improvements like changing out menus and, you know, and putting chalkboards and Put a new Wi-Fi out, you know, Wi-Fi in the in their cafes or power outlets, little things that no one cared about. They just cared about, you know, getting four things. So it's being able to tell that story uh, with with facts and figures, 
and then with real customer stories as well. And it, it worked great. The C-suite looked at it and go, well, this is kind of what we should have been doing the whole time. And the answer is, well, what's getting in our way? And then that's a, that's a whole nother conversation of focus and execution. I, I, I just know that hearing real situations like you've just described in the fast casual restaurant example is so important to CX professionals and, and your your comments about, you know, it's not that hard to figure it out, but we seem to make it hard. And, and I think those are really appropriate comments. <clears throat> Greg, I, I knew I'd uh, I called on the right person to talk about business value because I, I really appreciate your no-nonsense approach. As we uh, wrap up today's uh, session, any final thought that you have, thoughts that you have about this whole concept of business value and advice you could share? Yeah, so a couple, a couple of, kind of factoids. So, you know, out, out in the marketplace, you know, there's a number of surveys out there of, of uh, 90% of companies have a customer experience strategy or approach, but 10, 15% actually measure the results of it. Now, if, if we took that to sales approach, which is, and said, hey, 90% of companies have a sales approach and only 10% measure it, uh, measure the impact of their sales approach, it, it'd be laughable. But this is something that's just as important as any of that. And so to me, it's got to be measured. It's, it's that important to a company. If you believe it to be that important, and I do, then it's worthy of measuring. it. So uh, what I have noticed is that there's a evaluation avoidance uh, that, that happens inside the CX community. And I don't know whether or not in some cases it's skill driven, which is people aren't totally comfortable and they don't want to be called out for doing it uh, inappropriately, I'd say to those folks, get, you know, get some help, okay? You know, because you're, you won't live up to the potential, your career potential, your company potential, the potential in CX until you do that. There's no, there's no harm in doing it. It's the way, you know, what's, what's measured is managed inside of a major company. So, so why not do it? And I think you know, we, we've seen in company after company is CX you know, floats to the top of the improvement levers because it's earned the right to do that. We saw that when at AAA where uh, we, we spent you know, quadrupled the amount of money we put into CX because it was returning the, you know, the return on investment. So it earned its right and you know, it, it, it should. So to me, it's, it's the, the measurement of this one is part of the change leadership uh, that CX professionals need to have, not just emotional uh, change, but the logical change and the, and the financial side. So partner with the right people, uh, bring others on board. You know, it, de it does take a village to deliver great customer experience, but I think it's all, you know, it, it, it's necessary uh, to realize the full potential. And uh, it's what I believe in. And, and we're, we're finding lots of new uh, interesting case studies and approaches and benchmarking and measurement approaches uh, that that can be applied company after company uh, to to take a look at those things. So I'd say you know uh, it's a never never ending uh, learning path on this one, and there's always something new to learn. So so don't don't give up on it and just keep that curiosity about uh, the the impact of CX uh, open. I think you'll find a way. Those are great comments to end today's episode, Greg. Uh, we've been listening to Greg Tucker, 
talk about the business value of CX, which is uh, so important these days as organizations look to improve that experience. Thank you to Greg Tucker and thank you to our listeners for tuning in to this episode of All Things Considered CX. Thanks for listening to this episode of All Things Considered CX. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your colleagues. Subscribe to our show, follow me on LinkedIn, and visit my website at InnovativeCX.com for more insights on creating better experiences. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit CXofM.org for more resources.